0: Hello and welcome to CX Conversations. This is your host, Vivek, bringing you CX lessons from CX leaders from around the world. Today in CX Conversations, I am talking about how can the government deliver better customer experience. For most of us, government and customer experience might sound like an oxymoron. In my experience, whenever I am transacting at a government office, the least I wish for is to get my work done without much hassle honestly i have a pretty low expectation of a good experience for a government office but wouldn't it be amazing if we had a better customer experience at government offices as well well i was pleasantly surprised when i realized that there are people who are actually making that happen talking about how can the government deliver better customer experience is our guest today stephanie thum Stephanie is the erstwhile chief advisor and subject matter expert for federal customer experience at Qualtrics. Currently, Stephanie is an independent CX consultant working on CX evangelism, strategy, and content. She is a certified customer experience professional, CCXP, and the former head of customer experience for the Export-Import Bank of the United States, a federal government agency. During her time in government, she also served as an advisor for President Obama's cross-agency task force on customer service. Along with federal government, Stephanie has been a customer experience practitioner and consultant in financial services, tech, public accounting, legal services, and B2B. She is one of the founding members of CXPA. She spent some time as a member of the CXPA headquarters team and helped to shape the social media content and certified customer experience professional exam application process. Her philosophy? Focus on what you can do, not what you can't. Excited about hosting Stephanie today? Stephanie, welcome to CX Conversations. Thank you
1: so much. I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my favorite topics.
0: Awesome. So before we get started, Stephanie, Talking about customer experience in government is something that I can't wait to get started with, but could you please help me understand who is a customer for government?
1: Great question and a great place to start because for starters, you are a customer of government. I am a customer of government, but depending on the agency or government organization we're talking about, no matter if we're talking about federal, state, local, municipality government, the person who's defined as a customer, it could be the citizen. It could be a small business in the local community. It could be an immigrant, a resident, a taxpayer, maybe a child in the community who may not yet be a taxpayer or the family member, a citizen or a veteran, or even some government agencies serve other government agencies. So other government agencies could be a customer. So in many instances, Also, the customer could be an intermediary or a bank or a financial services institution that serves as sort of a middle person between a government agency and an end-user customer. So really, the definition of who is a customer for a government agency hinges on the mission of the agency that we're talking about.
0: Mm. So in that sense, even a tourist could be a customer to the nation that tourist is visiting.
1: Absolutely. Not just the nation, but to the local government of that area as
0: well. Mm, That's great. First, I would like us to unpack the customer experience management structure for government offices. This isn't a typical organization. I understand that this may differ from country to country also. But have you seen a typical org chart for customer experience management team in a government office? And please, can you talk through the team structure you've come across or have helped set up that works in government?
1: You made a really good point because not only does that structure vary from country to country, but it differs from state government to state government because they have governments as well and local government to local government. But just like the private sector, there are really no cookie cutter approaches when it comes to organizational charts for CX and government. Budgets aren't the same, commitments aren't the same, political agendas aren't the same, and agency missions are not the same. So there's really no way to have a cookie cutter approach for an org chart. But some of the structures I've seen have had a chief customer officer reporting directly to an agency head. That was sort of my situation when I was working for the United States federal government. My reporting structure was a dotted line directly to the agency head. I've also seen chief customer officers report to chiefs of staff or chief operating officers. I've also seen a chief operating officer have a dual role of being the chief operating officer and the chief customer officer. I've seen agencies that have one or two people to agencies and governments that have dozens of people dedicated to customer experience and user experience. There are also certain governing bodies in the local government context that take on the CX work themselves, meaning there's no dedicated CX person, but there are people who have taken on the responsibilities of collecting feedback from citizens, for example, upon themselves. So the org chart And the work is really going to vary based on the culture, the political environment, and the resources that are available, which really isn't all that different from the private sector. I
0: was just going to say that it sounds much like uh, any company that is starting off a CX work kind of gets a head in the place and can distribute the work to whoever is willing to take it up. Exactly. And that's how some of the biggest and the best
1: efforts get started.
0: True. But do you see this organization or this team grow up in more structure as it matures? You know, not necessarily.
1: Here's the thing about government and what I've seen transpire over the years. There are some governments around the world that have great momentum and they've grown and they will continue to grow because they have the continued backing of the political leadership over time. But the thing about doing CX in the government world is there's political turnover almost constantly. And unfortunately, with that political turnover comes changes in political agendas where the CX agenda or the experience management agenda may not necessarily rise to the top for that political figure like it did the prior. So sometimes those efforts can stall or fail, but sometimes they can grow as well. It really winds up being a nonpartisan political issue. But unfortunately, as we're still getting our footing with CX in government,
0: that's just the nature of things. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. So as much as I would like to have a better customer experience at a government office, I can't help but think, what's in it for the government? I mean, in the context of uh, private sector companies, there is competition, and of course, customer experience creates brand differentiation. On the other hand, a government agency like the motor vehicle department doesn't have any competition. So what's in it for them to improve customer experience, Stephanie?
1: I love that we always come back to the DMV because it's an experience that almost everyone (laughs) has had. There have been so many pop culture references to bad experiences at the DMV as well, so everyone can identify with it. And a lot of people like to think giving citizens a great experience is
0: just the right thing to do for a government agency. And that's an example that anyone around the world can identify with. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And a lot of people, when it comes to government, you like to think that it's just the right thing to do for a government agency or an elected official, for example. And that would be correct. It is just the right thing to do. But unfortunately, from a business perspective, being the right thing to do isn't what gets traction. But government touches everyone every day. It belongs to the people. And the truth is, there's a business side to running every government agency that mirrors the for-profit world. And I think that's really important for people to understand. There's a business side to running every government agency. So just like experience management practices like voice the customer, strategy, governance, Service design, just like those practices can help private sector businesses be more efficient, and we know they help private sector businesses be more efficient, the same is true in government. Now, the nuances of things like politics, law, policy, and regulation, sometimes those things can make it harder to get the work done or more complicated, but you cannot deny the business benefits of these proven practices. And so that's what's in it for them, is having a better business side to their agency.
0: Could you explain this with an example? Because uh, I'm trying to still wrap my head around what could be the business of, let's suppose we take DMV as an example again, and and how does focusing on customer experience improve their business?
1: Okay, let's take a look. Uh, For example, let's think about this. So let's say the DMV is collecting feedback from customers on their website. And through the course of collecting feedback on their website, a customer says, hey, you've got a vulnerability right here. You've know, you got a really smart citizen out there who sees this vulnerability or sees something that's really wrong on the website, which creates a risk for the DMV that really doesn't have much to do with you going to get your driver's license or getting your car tags renewed. But that citizen has just flagged a huge risk for this government agency that the government agency may not have seen themselves. And in Collecting that feedback and then acting upon it and then mitigating or reducing or getting rid of that risk entirely, that's a great thing for that government agency. So there's a huge benefit to collecting feedback to mitigate risks for your agency, and that's on the business side.
0: Mm, That's interesting. Could you talk about how you help government organizations or government offices set up the right CX management process to improve the CX now that you've given that example Also, please, can you share if you have a framework or a blueprint that someone could use as a starting point if they are working in a government agency or an office? Right. Well,
1: just like we said a minute ago, just like the private sector, there are really no cookie cutter approaches. What makes sense in setting up your blueprint really depends on the culture, political agenda, agency mission, the resources that you have available, what's been done in the past or what you may have to build on, and where you see your agency moving In the future. Now, in the US federal government specifically, there are some really interesting forces in play that influence the creation of a blueprint where CX is concerned. Every agency in the US federal government is required to produce a strategic plan and a performance report that talks about their performance with respect to the promises that they made in their strategic plans. And that's where a lot of government agencies decide to publish their promises to customers. And that's where they find their footing. Because if you publish that in your strategic plan and you publish what you want to do under that, whether it's reducing customer wait times or fixing website vulnerabilities or creating better communication experiences for customers on your your website, that's where you're going to find the footing. But you also now in the U.S. federal government have a president's management agenda goal on customer experience. You have White House guidance to high-impact agencies on incorporating multiple core functions of CX into the fabric of an agency culture. It's not just about one thing that we do in in CX, but the White House guidance is now telling high impact agencies to take a look at CX as a discipline and interweave that into the fabric of their cultures. You also have some really big laws, pieces of legislation that have passed over the last 2 years, but four big pieces of legislation come to mind for me that are Pushing those practices of better websites, better communication, reduced wait times. It's pushing that out of the realms of nice to
0: have and into the realms of reality. I get that. Sorry I'm interrupting you here, Stephanie. But I'm just curious, is there someone guiding these government agencies or the policymakers around what kind of CX goals they should be putting on these promise papers? Yes. The one thing to come back to right now for the this
1: is specific to the U.S. federal government, though, is this White House guidance that has been issued to high impact agencies. Because this guidance, it's a document in what we call OMB Circular A11. It's Section Two Eighty for anybody who wants to look it up. It's a document. It's a the whole document is about a thousand pages long, but Section Two Eighty is about seven pages long, and it is guiding federal agencies, high impact federal agencies, on. Here are the core competencies of CX as a business discipline.
0: Help me understand what are high-impact government agencies.
1: Sure, a high-impact government agency would be an agency that serves a lot of customers with a lot of transactions. The Internal Revenue Service would be one, the Veterans Administration would be one, the Department of the Interior, which oversees parks and recreation in the United States. That would be another one. So we're talking about the big agencies that serve a lot of customers. And this guidance is steering these agencies to show them, here are the core competencies of CX that we want you to interweave. And then the guidance goes into, okay, well, here's a place to start. And it tells agencies that there are seven questions that you can ask through a feedback mechanism. And here's a place for you to start. And we expect you to make plans. And these are the things that we expect to be in those plans. So this White House guidance that's now a little bit over a year and a half old has been one of the biggest game changers for CX and the federal government in the US that I've seen.
0: Wow, that's interesting. And it could be quite inspirational for other countries to look that up. And anyone listening to this podcast is working on government CX improvement, go look that up. And we'll obviously share this in the show notes as well.
1: And I just wanna say that the US government isn't the one that's necessarily ahead in the world. There are a lot of other governments that are doing tremendous work in the customer experience space. In Australia, for example, New South Wales, which is not a federal government, but they are a government that is creating the types of practices that the federal government in Australia is now looking at and wants to embrace on a federal level. If you also take a look at some of the work of the OECD, they outline a lot of the great work being done by governments around the world. So I want to be sure to bring that out, that I'm not talking about the U.S. federal government because they're the best. I'm just talking about it because it's where my expertise sort of originates. And I also want to point out that the UK has customer service guidelines and principles. So there are efforts going around, around the world, but where you decide to start or where an elected official decides to start, because we were talking about blueprints, it's going to be heavily dependent on the cultures and these driving forces, the resources that you have available and the skills available.
0: But there again, I'm sure these kind of guidelines set up by the government itself helps set up these foundational blueprint or a framework at least gives you the starting point it definitely gets the conversation started
1: now there are so many priorities that are being juggled in governments that sometimes customer experience it's not something that will constantly be at the top unless you have someone who's sitting at those senior most levels that's really there to advocate for the customer every single day but it is a conversation starter and we have to start somewhere
0: In your experience, have you seen there being a review mechanism around these objectives and goals? Yes.
1: For the United States federal government, there is the Office of Management and Budget, which is helping these high-impact federal agencies that we were just talking about. OMB is actually helping these agencies find their footing, create their plans, create their feedback mechanisms, steering and guiding them to help them get
0: going in the right direction. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Now, you've talked about this quite a few times now. So customer feedback is becoming an important piece of the CX management in any organization. And so it is in the government offices as well. So could you discuss some practical applications of customer feedback in government that can be used to understand and improve customer experience, one of which you've already talked about from DMV's uh, standpoint, where someone highlighted that security vulnerability, but from more active feedback. Have you seen government offices reach out to the citizens, collect feedback like a private company, and then analyze the data and come up with some insights out of those things? I see this growing tremendously, and
1: I see it growing in some very interesting ways. There are more ways to collect feedback from citizens now than ever before. Everything from QR codes to a kiosk that might sit right next to the exit of the DMV where you could, you know, hit a smiley face as to what your experience was about. Let's not forget about those good old fashioned customer interviews, those face to face interviews. You know, let's not get too far away from the human aspect of that one on one customer interview. But technology now is so advanced that. You can capture unstructured feedback without surveys. There's technology now that exists that will monitor what's happening with your contact center recordings and your emails, for example, and can extrapolate sentiments from those without you even having to go out and ask your your citizens for feedback. I do suggest for governments that are thinking about this take a look at all of the the technology tools and the practices that are available it can be anything from you know that simple one-on-one customer survey to a kiosk to a qr code to that emailed survey
0: and certainly the customer service touch point for government i think that's quite an important touch point implementing the right technology over there yeah
1: but remember that the the magic Here is not in asking your customers for feedback. The magic is on the action you take. I see a lot of governments get hung up on this. They like to do a lot of collecting feedback and oh, we need more data, we need more data, and they never take action. And so there are reduced reduced response rates on surveys. People stop giving feedback. Progress does not get made. The magic is not in the questions that you ask. The magic is in the action that you take. That applies to the private sector as well.
0: True, and I say this a lot to my clients as well that. The customer doesn't care how well you can analyze their feedback. They only care about how quickly can you take action on it.
1: That's a really good piece of advice. I might borrow that, (laughs) (laughs) Vidic.
0: Sure, go ahead. Now, um, Stephanie, in your earlier answer, you mentioned something quite interesting and I had not thought about government offices and agencies in that manner when you talked about government to businesses. So we've talked about, that's quite a few terms today, (laughs) G2C, which is government to citizens, and then there's G2B, which is government to businesses. I don't know if these terms really exist or not. Yes, they do. Okay, great. So I'm quite interested in learning more about what kind of customer experience initiatives are being taken up in the G2B space. Sure.
1: My mind goes back first to the work that I did when I was the head of customer experience for the Export-Import Bank of the United States, which is a federal government agency that finances and ensures exports toward the creation of U.S. jobs. And the Exim Bank's customers primarily were small businesses, small businesses in the United States that had a product or service to export that when they did so would actually help to create jobs here at home, which is what we want in our economy, right? Every economy wants that, more jobs. But the application processes for things like export credit insurance, working capital loans, and loan guarantees, for example, sometimes those processes were difficult to understand for customers. Our underwriters and intermediaries understood them perfectly, but we really needed to make sure that our customers, the end-user customers, understood those and that they got a fast service. It's a complicated application process. There's a lot of documentation that's required. So we needed to help our customers first understand those application processes. But then once the applications were in, help us to make sure that we were responding to our customers in a timely manner. Now, we called it processing time, but our customers called it wait time. So we set up standards for each product within the bank, every export credit insurance product, every loan product to say, this is how long it should take for our customers to get an answer on their application. And we measured, monitored, and triaged. This was a governance process that was set up around this data where we came together as a team every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, to take a look at the deals that were in process that were taking longer than the prescribed service standard times. And this cross-disciplinary team of people around the table identified systemic issues that might be holding things up, that were really creating bottlenecks and slowdowns for customers who really needed answers on their export credit insurance or their loan applications.
0: That's amazing. It, It almost sounds like, not just almost, it is actually the same process that organizations follow from the perspective of making the lives of their customers easy and better? Absolutely. It had to do with governance.
1: I really feel like, and I tell my clients this, that governance is the secret sauce to making CX work because it took this team of multidisciplinary team of people around this table over the course of four years to reduce wait times. When I joined the bank, it took an average of about 53% of cases, I believe, is the right stat. 53% of cases were complete in 30 days or less. When I left, it was 92% were completed in 30 days or less. So by embracing these governance processes around the customer experience data, this operational data that we had on hand, and also listening to our customers along the way about what their perceptions were in terms of the bottlenecks, we were able to reduce that wait time. And that's the magic of operational data and governance and everything coming together to create better experiences for the citizens and for the customers of government.
0: That's amazing. I love that, actually. And the way you've also utilized the customer's feedback to prioritize what should be fixed first, even in that operations and the supply chain of different things, that's wonderful. And it's an amazing example. I hope our listeners could learn something from there. Excellent. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) So time for some rapid-fire questions now, Stephanie. Which non-business book has had the biggest impact on you and why? Well, I really like this
1: question for starters, because to me, it's important to read beyond the titles with the word customer in them. You need more than books on customer experience to understand the breadth of issues that impact the business of customer experience. You said non-business, but I'm going to go with a non-customer book. And the one that I really want to call out is Condoleezza Rice and Amy Ziegert recently put out a book called Political Risk. And their concepts intersect in many ways with the world of customer experience everywhere. I really love the fresh perspectives in what political risk really is in today's terms. And it's not just a government thing. And this book talks about how to identify and manage political risk, what it is, and why managing it is so doggone hard. And so their concepts really intersect with the business world. And there are ripple impacts to the customer experience work in government and well beyond I was
0: just going to say that. Does it also deal with corporate politics and all that?
1: Absolutely. I highly recommend this book. I absolutely loved it because it is political risk is not just a government
0: thing. Yeah. So what's the one CX lesson you've learned working with government agencies that you wouldn't have learned in the private business world?
1: This is going to make some people cringe. And I apologize in advance, but it's the truth. But for government, silos can actually have a positive impact on customer experience. I know you might cringe, but hear me out, okay? So in the U.S. federal government, for
0: example- For all this while, we've been trying to break down silos. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, hear me out, hear me out on how silos have actually impacted the federal government in the positive in the U.S. So oversight bodies like the Inspector General and the Government Accountability Office, Those are two areas that are siloed by law and policy. It's just the way our government is set up. Now, they have a job to do and their job is to make government better and to mitigate fraud, waste, and abuse. Now, it's true that sometimes their oversight can have a not so great impact on on the citizen experience, but there are instances where their influence has brought greater emphasis into the practices and principles of customer experience as a business discipline. For example, in the U.S., Inspectors General and the GAO, as we call the Government Accountability Office for short, they have called for agencies to do more to collect customer feedback. They've called on agencies to clarify their communication with citizens. And as we all know, communication is fundamental. So they have called on on agencies. They've called them out to say that the communications that you're putting out really need to be streamlined and they need to be better. And they have also called on agencies like the United States Postal Service to speed up the customer wait times. What I really like right now is that the uh, Veterans Affairs Group in the United States federal government, they are systematically using customer experience data and employee experience data to assess leadership and operational risks inside the VA. So their influence and how they advocate for and then actually embrace on their own the practices and principles of CX as a business discipline, that influence is really important because you have to understand when the GAO and the IG call you out or they create a report that says you need to do more in the way of feedback, that's a public report. The public sees that report. So the feet are held to the fire to make improvements. That is why for everything that the Government Accountability Office and Inspectors General do, which by law and policy and design are in their own silos, they've actually created some really great influence to push the practices forward in the United States federal government.
0: Nice. So that's one lesson. And I'm going to sum it up because that's quite interesting. I think what you've just mentioned is also coming out from the fact that there has to be some foundational guiding principle around improving the citizen's experience. And having those things at the ground level and then building on top of that, having these governance offices like the accountability office as well as the GA office, those places are then. Custodians of these uh, foundational guidelines, right? Right, because their
1: job is to make government better. And we know that CX practices help to make businesses better and they can help make government better as well. Now, it's not always the case. Sometimes the advice and reporting that they do has a not so great impact on the citizen experience. It can make things more complicated because the GAO and the IG also have to look out for taxpayers. So sometimes the two aren't necessarily in sync. What taxpayers want and what the actual customers of agencies want, sometimes the two are not in sync. So there's some friction there. There can be some friction there. But for the silo question, the things that they've been able to do to push the practices forward have been a benefit in the United States federal government.
0: Makes sense. What's your word of advice for CX professionals in government offices? Focus on what you
1: have, not on what you don't have. Focus on what you can do, not on what you cannot do. CX practices, they face the funding problems, the cultural problems, just like in the private sector. But just like in the private sector, for the companies that have really embraced this and done it well by focusing on what you have and not on what you don't have and what you can do and not on what you cannot do, that gives you a great place to start in building the story
0: internally and put your passion behind that And go with it. The work is worth doing. That's amazing. Thank you for this advice. And this was fun. The rapid fire went really well. (laughs) Oh, excellent. I had fun too. (laughs) Great. So with that, we've also come to the end of this podcast, Stephanie. Once again, I'd like to thank you for taking the time and, and sharing all of your knowledge in the government space with us.
1: Thank you so much, Vivek, for inviting me.
0: Yeah, thanks. And to all our listeners, this is Vivek signing off from another CX Conversations